Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Grand Air Blitz right here on TuneIn, Google Cast, Player FM, Apple Podcasts, and on the biggest platform in podcasts, iHeartRadio. And as always on Block Talk Radio, your host Oscar Lopez here. The big 300th episode of the Grand Air Blitz. Totally excited. We're going to have a great show today. We have the historic owner of the New York Sharks, Andrew Douglas, return as she is inducted into the 2019 Hall of Fame in Las Vegas. We are also going to have in the second hour uh, Katrina Payment out of the Ottawa Rebels, who's starting up that team up in Canada. So pretty exciting times for them there in the Ottawa region. And we are going to have the return of some uh, cool co-hosts that kicked it off from the beginning. Uh, we won't have Erica Lynn Anderson today or Holly Custis or Louise Bean, but we will have the salty one in the second hour And today, we are going to have the return of these co-hosts. Troy Wilson returns today, and Nkishi Free and Eric Brown return to the podcast today. So let's bring them on here, because pretty exciting times. I really appreciate them making the time here for us to come on and uh, get them all on here. So guys, uh, welcome to Big 300. Totally excited we get to 300. That's awesome. Congratulations, Oscar. That's amazing. Congrats. Congrats. Yeah. And nice everybody. What's up, and Eric. I know. It's so good to hear everybody. <laughs> and welcome back, you know, Troy. I kind of miss, I, I miss, you know, listening to Nkishi come in and defend the Cowboys and and, and go through that banter. I, I, I do miss that part of it. 300 episodes, man. This is that That's that's awesome. So it, it's good to hear everybody again, man. It nice really is. Out, what's up, EB? Chicago hey, in what's the up, house. Hey, what's up, What's up? Yep, what's up, man? <laughs> yes, represent for the Windy City, shorty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Somebody know about you guys, me. but I kind of felt like last week that I was going to get a beat down, and it happened on Monday night. That was pretty bad. Oh, was that what that was last night? That was a beatdown, Kishi. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, was, know, that, was a, that was a tough one. I'm not saying a word, considering the fact that, and that, and, and really, the, it's the beatdown talk should come from Troy, considering the fact that you all stole the coach from the skins that they should have had. Instead, y'all got stuck with that Babbage that they got over here in D.C., but I'm not one to instigate. Well, of course not. <laughs> You're not one to instigate. <laughs> hey, look, no, I'm stuck what? with, listen, we got the clappers, so, you know, who's kept Ooh. us at mediocrity at 500 for the past, oh, I don't know, eight years. So who, who can I, what can I say? I can't say nothing. I'm just going to sit here and clap like everybody else on the sideline. And Kishi, uh, you should be proud because uh, when you left, there was no – a shortage of cowboy love. You have Louise Bean and Mackenzie Brooks here holding it down. So you're good. Yes. The girls are in the house. <laughs> and they were just as disappointed as all the rest of the cowboy fans are. Wow. So, you know, it all goes that way. That, you know what? We might 
might have been disappointed, but our tickets still sell higher than four dollars. That's that's a low blow. That's a low blow. But you know what? That's cool because you know what? On this call right now, I will say that the only winner this weekend was my team, the Washington Redskins. So hey, you know what? I could go ahead and give a hell to the Redskins, but you know what? Even they messed that one up. I was hoping they lost. Look, they're messing up my draft position, man. Look, we want to get Chase Younger. But you go out and you beat the Lions after you've been laying eggs all year, man. They, they're killing me. They are killing me. I don't understand this team, man. You know just why they won? Like they're going to be good here. No. Yeah, but the reason why they won, because y'all got your poor quarterback begging folks, help me help you on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know what? I don't know about you guys, but uh, I, I, me and Eric aren't feeling it right now. We're not feeling it right uh-huh. now. <laughs> I said, me and Eric ain't look, feeling man, it over here right now. <laughs> how did how did how did the rest of the NFL not know that this kid Lamar Jackson was going to be that good? How did anybody not know that? I just I, I don't know. I've been told you know I've been streaming that to be a wide receiver. That's why they told him he's supposed to be a running back. It's the same and I, old, you know same I was old thing. That. Yeah, exactly. You every, know, Oscar, I was screaming that covering. I was screaming that covering him in college, saying he's just he he was just that elite of a player. I just don't understand how the rest of everybody didn't figure that one out. Wide receiver, okay. Yeah, that he looks great for a wide receiver out there. This is the but same you know old what, story. Man. When it comes it's to college football, I pay says. attention to you. Yeah. Yeah, Eric and Troy, when it comes to college football, you know that is not my thing. You already know how I feel. And finally, the NC2A is starting to move in the direction that I said they should have been moving in the direction of a long time ago. So I defer to you all for all things college football. But, yes, Troy, you have not been wrong with any of your college football predictions and analysis um, for the past two or three drafts. So kudos to you. Appreciate that. Good looking out. I appreciate it, Casey. So, E, what you been up to, man? A whole lot of working, putting kids through school. <laughs> uh, the, the, the grind never stops. So, oh, but man. But, of course, you know, still, still keeping up with, with football. But, but, yeah, you know, putting kids through school, college, high school, all that stuff. All right, now. I hear you. So, what do you think of your Bears this year? Uh, highly, highly, <laughs> highly, highly disappointed. Not, not what Bears fans were hoping for after after last year. Um, I mean, I knew it was going to be a little bit more, a little bit more difficult this year because they they had the uh, fifth rated, um, you know, the fifth strongest schedule in the league. Plus, you know, they're not sneaking up on anybody this year. Everybody knows all the little tricks and gimmicks that they had last year, so they're not sneaking up on anybody. So based on that, I was hoping that they would know that also and be able to, you know, set forth some sort of plan to, you know, circumvent that. But obviously they haven't done that. Uh, Now, the defense is still good. You know, they're still top ten. But, um, yeah, that's – as far as offense goes, they're very discouraging. Who did you guys pick up again from um, the Raiders? I can't remember his name on defense. It, it went right out of my head. Khalil Mack. Yes, thank you, Troy. So he hasn't oh, been well. the difference maker you thought he was going to be? 
I wasn't sure if you were trying to be sarcastic or not, so I was kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, just. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. You see how you all do, your girl. See how you. I got to hold it down for the ladies tonight. Y'all should see me over here pumping my fist, doing my strong arm. No, I, I really was not um, being sarcastic. I, I honestly, I didn't think Mitch Trubisky showed me enough last year that he was going to be what you all thought he was going to be. What I was really hoping for was to see the vaunted, historic Chicago Bears defense return to the prominence that it had. I mean, nobody's ever going to be the 85 Bears. So so let's just be clear. Nobody's ever going to be the 85 Bears. But I was hoping to see that type of return to offset um, Trubisky's weaknesses, you know, as a quarterback. Because he's really – he he's to me he's like the Trent Dilfer, you know, for the Bears. So I I just think he's good in a system as long as you can manage him, but you really need to have that Ravens level type defense to help offset it and, and maybe get some um defensive scoring, you know, from turnovers. So that's really what I was hoping to see this year from the Bears. Well that's what they did last year, but he's regressed so much that there's no covering it up. Um, it's it's every season or every series is three and out, three and out, three and out. And right. now the defense is just getting worn down and and tired. And, I mean, you can see it in the fourth quarter, even when they're winning. It's, right. You know, you can see the, the other the offense just, just coming back, just coming back. And they're just trying to hang on to that, you know, until the last whistle blows. Um, so it's there's no covering it up this year. He's just regressed so badly that I'm like, you know, sign somebody, you know, Kaepernick, um, Bridgewater, um, you know, somebody to get him out of there. Now, y'all we can't have Teddy you want B. Golf? Eric, you want Eric Goff? You want Goff? <laughs> I'll give you Goff this weekend. Um, <laughs> no, because didn't you all take him in the first round over who? Who did who, you guys take him in the first round over? Lamar Jackson. Huh? Was it Lamar Jackson? I think so. Are you saying Jared Goff? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It pains me right now. Well, I, so so I just I'm just wondering, Oscar, if you guys took Jared Goff over Lamar Jackson, was that a statement game Monday night? I told everybody last week. If you guys listen to me, apparently some people do, but anyways, they listened to me, and I said clearly last week that we would get a beat down because me and Troy have been talking about Lamar Jackson, even when he was at college and yeah. this boy took down the goat and you think he's not going to take down golf. That was just like, not even close. That was embarrassing yeah. at home. You know, what, well, you know what it almost reminds me of? Do you remember when big Ben first came out and everybody oh, yeah. took Phillip rivers over him and they took Eli mm-hmm. over him and he, and that that I think it was I think it was a Sports Illustrated article, and he said I'm going to make all of you regret this. <laughs> that's what that's who Lamar Jackson reminded me of, but with the combination, uh, with with the determination of a Big Ben, but with the speed and the craftiness of a Michael Vick, and the and hey, the I said Michael Vick 2.0 the last couple of weeks. Ever since he beat Brady, I said hey, he looks like Michael Vick 2.0. Uh, way better mm-hmm. than Michael Vick, I think, in some aspects. Way better. Yeah, but I think he's better because he has a because he has um 
he has an eye for the pocket. He just he has an eye for the pocket, mm-hmm. but he also has an he has a better awareness of the game, and he has a better awareness of the defenders, and he also has this better ability to get down that Michael Vick didn't have because Michael was too cocky sure. to go down, whereas Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson has no problem getting down. The trick is he you just have to be able to get him. But once he knows it's down, yeah. he you know he's making those business decisions, and I just think his 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 awareness in his football acumen on the field in terms of where everybody is, is, is just, he, in that regard, he reminds me of Russell Wilson. See, people yeah, yeah. keep overlooking Russell Wilson, but it's his football acumen and his ability to read the field and then to figure out what's the right play to make. And that's what, one of the reasons why he's so good, but because he's short or shorter than the average, you know, quarterback, that's why people overlooked him and said, Oh, he's just a running you know, quarterback. But if I remember correctly, uh, Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick were both baseball players. So I I really think that having that duality makes a huge difference in their um, accuracy and the way they see the field. Yeah. No, you know what? I was disappointed uh, because they put in RG3. That's an insult. I was like, they put in RG3 at the end to just insult us? That was bad. And I'm like, my <laughs> God, how horrible are we? We're horrible. Well, also what, what makes a big difference with Lamar is that he has a coach that is willing to adapt the system to his abilities, not trying to make right him yep. fit into the, into the system. Uh, Michael Vick didn't yep. have that advantage. It was always, well, you got to learn, you got you to win from the pocket. You got to win from the pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of other quarterbacks in that style that have come along that they tried to make fit into this prototypical NFL mold instead of saying, okay, this is your skill set, this is your talent, let's, um, you know, build something around that to, you know, make help make you successful. So that's, that's yeah. a huge thing uh, for him. It's a key, I know. And that's the same thing you're talking about in Chicago. Like you said, they're not building to get him ready or they're just throwing him in there and he's never had a real good system. So I'm, I just, it's just like anything else. The system makes the quarterback uh, – you know, we mm-hmm. talked about it in the past. It's just the way it is. But yeah. this guy's special. That's all I have to say. I saw yeah. him live yesterday. I already knew we were going to get a beat down. I got all my Rams groups and everything on Facebook going, hey, we're going to kick ass. And I'm like, you guys are just mm-hmm. drinking bad Kool-Aid. <laughs> not happening. We got, you know, colored mustard jerseys that have never worn. We have never won in a colored mustard jersey. And we're not going to start tomorrow with yellow mustard. And then we got oh. mustard. Big time. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, it's actually so interesting, Eric, that you made that assessment. Now, granted, maybe the way he articulates his thoughts, they're not always easy to follow, but it's really Mm. ironic he made that statement because Des Bryant hinted and insinuated at the same issue with with, um, Dak in Dallas because people keep forgetting that Garrett was originally the backup to Troy Aikman, and as a quarterback and as a former quarterback, he's from that old school of the pocket passer style, and that maybe that that might be one of the things that's hampering Dak is if he, like Michael Vick, you know, is not getting that support in Dallas that he needs to just let him be Dak. Because there's so many times I'm looking at an open field and I'm like, run the daggone ball. What in the name of Jesus are you doing? Run. It's open. You've got the legs. You've got the body. Who's going to bring you down? Like, who's going to check me, boo? 
run the ball. What are you doing? Throwing it away, wasting right. time. Run the ball. But if the clapper is not supporting that style of athleticism, yeah. And I hadn't even thought about that until Des tweeted it last night. So I, I want to get you guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, I was saying during the game, if uh, that could have, you know, gotten, you know, five yards here, five yards there with his with his feet, that would have made the difference. If they could have gotten even one touchdown, they would have been in the house. Yeah. Uh, but they couldn't even get a touchdown. And, and um, but, yeah, there was, there was a lot of times when, you know, he just – he threw the ball away, but he could have picked up, you know, five yards here, five yards mm-hmm. there, three yards here, all that adds up. Yeah. It's called fire G- well, Garrett. Fire Jason Garrett. That's the word. Yes. That's the hashtag. Yes. You know, I, I have I have a little <laughs> bit of a different opinion because I, the way I look at it is this. Um, I think if Dak wanted to run, he would run. I, I, I and, mm-hmm. and I truly believe that. I mean, so look, the, the, some people want to sit back and say, you know, you also have to protect yourself when you're running, which is which is true. But some guys right. really just don't like contact, and I think Dak might be in that mold. If Dak wanted to run. Okay, mm-hmm. Jason Garrett is not the guy that's calling the shots there. All he had to do was go up and tell Jerry. If he said, look, man, you know, I kind of want to, you know, run a little bit more. I want kind of want to scramble a little bit more. I think I can, you know, do better with that. But, you know, Jason Garrett is holding me back. I like, you know, something that Dan Snyder would do. But that's that's what you can do there at Dallas. You can go talk to Jerry. So if he wanted to run, he'd be able to do it. I really think he's trying to be smart and protect himself. And he okay. also – then you also had this caveat that he is going to be a free agent, and he's asking mm-hmm. for $40 million. And uh-huh. he's not going to give up his body for those, you know, to, uh-huh. to be injured and risk having that kind of thing happen where he can't sign a big deal because he's gotten injured on this season right here. So uh-huh. I take all of those things into account, and I think he's kind of playing it smart right now, and he's also yeah. just taking care of himself so so he can end up signing that contract. That's a good point. Yes, I see that. All right, point, guys. I'm not um, saying... Are you guys are you guys sticking out with us or and TC or Eric? Uh, are you guys gonna stick out um, with us or you guys wanna are you guys gonna bail on us? Unfortunately, my darling dearest, I do have to bail, but I just wanna say before I go, thank you for providing me the opportunity to be a co host on this amazing show. Congratulations on your three hundredth episode. Please invite me back because I would love to come back and continue to support Lady Sports. What you have done to, um, to put the ladies on the map is phenomenal, and I hope that you and the game and this show just continue to grow, and I am humbled and honored to have been a part of the Gridiron Blitz. Thank you, Keisha. I really appreciate it. You're one of the key points of when we started, and Really appreciate all your time and everything else. And I wanted to bring you on here today because this is a huge moment for us to reach 300 episodes. It's huge. And uh, without you and Erica and Eric and everybody else, I mean, we wouldn't be here today. So I really wanted just to give everybody an accolade and everybody that's helped us as well. Yeah, three years. I, I did this for three proud years. So I'm mm-hmm. I am humbled and, and, and this is wonderful to talk to everybody again. And I do hate that I have to jump off, but Gridiron Blitz, big ups. And again, please, please, please hit me up and let me know. I would love to come back again sometime. All right. Thank you, Kishi. Safe travels. Good have night. a good time. Happy holidays, All right. everybody. Eric, I know you character. probably have to bail. I know you're under the weather, and I really appreciate you making the time as well. 
Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, so if you ever want to have me back on at some point, let me know. I'd uh, be, be glad to hop on and talk football anytime. Yeah, you're welcome anytime. Just look, chime me up. You know where I'm at. Uh, let me know what Tuesday's best for you, and, uh, you know, we can talk anything, college, football, everything else, NFL. So uh, I really wanted to bring you on because you're one of the key points as well, like in Kishi and Erica, and you guys uh, kind of, you know, help me launch it up, and uh, we're at 300, so I want to really give you props too as well for getting us here. So really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely appreciate it, and everything uh, and Keisha said, I want to I uh, double and triple that. Uh, definitely appreciate the opportunity and uh, everything you've done for, uh, you know, not only getting, you know, the word about football out there, but, um, you know, bringing attention to the uh, to the women's side of things and, and uh, getting things moving there. So, uh, so thumbs up and, uh, and God bless and uh, hope for another 300 more episodes for you. Thanks, Eric. Really appreciate it. I hope you feel better, buddy. And then uh, safe travels out there and uh, keep grinding as they say, right? All right. We'll do. All right. Eric, talk to you. All right. Have All right, Troy. Uh, we got the uh, talented and historic owner, uh, Andrea Douglas, in the house, and uh, she's going to be inducted into the Women's uh, Hall of Fame this next week, which I will be there uh, December 4th through the 8th in Las Vegas. So let's bring her on here. And Andrea, uh, thanks for holding on. Uh, big 300 episode. Wanted to bring in all my co-hosts, all these people that made it happen for me to get here. And uh, But uh, thanks for making the time today for the big 300. Oh, any time, Oscar. And congratulations on the big 300. That's really fabulous. Yeah, we get here at 300 on Block Talk Radio, which is uh, I never thought we'd get here, but we are. And uh, hopefully, you know, God willing and everything, we will get to a bigger stage uh, and a bigger awareness. But, uh, Andrea, uh, you didn't get the call to Canton, but you get the call to Vegas. So I guess that's a blessing in a a way with a lot of drinks and excitement. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to get there, and I'm very honored, and uh, I I think it's going to be a great evening. Yeah, it was great last year when we had all the the huge event. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it either myself, so – but this year, I'm more than able to be there, and uh, I think it's going to be great. Uh, Vegas is probably the the best spot anyways for it. Uh, it's good entertainment, get away from every everyday things, and then just spend a nice weekend with everybody else. Um, kind of not surprising that you're inducted. Maybe surprised that you weren't inducted last year, but uh, here you are, and you are getting inducted and honored for all the amazing things you've done with uh, women's football and then obviously the New York Sharks in- included. I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it is an honor. Um, and, and the other people in the class that are being inducted, really some amazing people, great contributors to women's football. Yeah, I think this year it was a really good mixture of, of folks that submitted uh, a lot of people from different eras, where last year I think was more of a modern era type players. And this year we really went right. to a point where we went back to the late 70s to early 80s and 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 the modern some modern players are obviously on this class, so I think that in itself was a good body of work. Um, I think going forward, my suggestion was the same that we have to just kind of add a twenty or so, really have to go back and you know handpick five or six of with a certain era. And there's a lot of folks with a lot of stories and a lot of players from a lot of teams that obviously contributed to certain teams and certain communities. Uh, so there's a lot of people yeah. still to come for us to honor 
Oh, there's so many. Yeah, I, I could name a, a whole handful right now that, uh, you know, are so deserving. And uh, I'm sure through the years, you know, the right people will get in here and, and get the accolades they deserve. Yeah, and it, it, it's really interesting how the process started, but uh, I want to give credit to all those folks that obviously started it. Uh, we I know it got started before, but it never really had as much impact as it is now. And then coupling it with the uh, Hall of Fame game for just a weekend really makes it uh, sort of, you know, sort of like NFL-like when you do Pro Bowl and things like that. So uh, hats yeah. off to everybody that, you know, on the committee that's done a great job and hosting it in Vegas the last two years. So this will be the second year, of course. Yeah, I, I agree. And it seems um, seems to be very well organized. And, um, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to it. Andrea, a big time. Uh, we talked about your book last time you were here, so that has gone well, I hope. And then you you also had a couple showings in between that time. So can you tell us a little bit what happened or what's been going on so far? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the, the book that that we, um, you and I talked about, Black and Blue, um, it's my first book, and it's getting the greatest reviews. I have been so pleased and so honored. Um, Hollywood Digest picked it up, um, ESPN picked it up, just some really great reviews, um, the sales have been good, and, you know, it's just, the whole story is about elevating um, women to where they need to be, you know, they they need to be able to do what they want to do and um, have the self-esteem to get there, and that's kind of what my message is. Um, I just had a book signing down in St. Petersburg and in conjunction with the signing was my artwork of all of the, um, I call them the faces of women's football. And so by that, I mean, instead of action shots, um, it, it really focuses on just getting the expressions and, the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the joy, the defeat, the, the wins. Um, it just focuses on all the expressions of the players and all their emotions as opposed to the action shots. And um, I had 35 pieces up on the wall in conjunction with the book signing. And, um, you know, I think it was a pretty powerful statement about what women want to do and can do. And that's, uh, that's my message, really. Yeah, and the book is selling pretty well, and it's very inexpensive. We talked about it. It's on Amazon, and you can get it pretty much anywhere now. So it's a great read. We talked about a couple chapters last time you were here. And so I'm really, really uh, happy that it's going well for you financially as well. Um, that's always a key, right? To just can't write a book and nobody really wants it, but it's always nice to have it to where everybody really enjoys it. And then obviously you get a, a benefit out of it, but Amazon prime you can get it pretty much uh, the next day if you have prime and you get it pretty much anywhere mm-hmm. now, right? Yeah, you can uh, Barnes and Noble, um, Amazon. You can also get it on my website, andrewdouglasart.com or uh, nysharksfootball.com and um, yeah you know it's great to sell it I didn't write it for that reason um, mm-hmm. because you know you never know if it's going to be successful or not but you're right it's a little icing on top to find that the book is really um, uh, the reviews like I said have just been so flattering and um, I've already had a little bit of interest from Hollywood so um, you know keep your friends crossed on that one yeah, it will be a really good story. Um, you said it, you know, because you've set it up in the book, and it would be nice to have it in a visual 
that would be a bonus too because it's a very impactful story. And you're, you know, with the sharks and yourself and your upbringing and everything else. So really exciting. Um, Andrea, I mean, uh, Vegas is going to be a great weekend, and we got a lot of a lot of uh, Hall of Famers that are going to be going into this weekend. Um, the group is really – I'm really excited to meet them all, uh, an opportunity to meet, you know, Lisa Horton, for example, um, just, uh, you know, awesome. Lindsey Martin. Uh, there's just yeah. a lot of key players that I have always interviewed but never physically had a chance to meet them. So it's going to be kind of um, awesome for me to be there and uh, have to meet everybody, so – it's going to be so much fun. Make sure you get to talk to Stacey Agee. She is one of the most amazing athletes I've ever met, and she was the superstar in the very first um, um, Super Bowl, if you will, uh, of the WPFL in uh, 2000. She was amazing, and um, she's a great flag player, great person, so make sure you uh, hook up with Stacey. She's one of the oldies but goodies. Yeah, I talked to her, I think, last weekend, um, and she's, what a resume, and she's really talented, amazing, amazing talent, yeah. so, yeah, I'm more than happy, and I'm, like I said, I'm kind of tickled pink, because I'm going to be meeting all these historic players that have, you know, that I've seen in, what, in the encyclopedias, in uh, Neil's yeah. encyclopedia, and the name, and now I get, I get to physically see them, and, and uh, say yeah. hi to them, and touch them, and everything else, so that's going to be really awesome, and then uh, on top of that, you get, you get to do it in Vegas. <laughs> what else? I know. I know. What better spot? <laughs> I, yeah. It's, uh, really, so that, that's weekend, that's the exciting part. Yeah. For sure. So I finally get to see you, and uh, that's going to be a great honor. I've always had it to, on the radio, but now I get to see you live and and in person. So that's going to be a great joy to maybe have some drinks on, as they say, on the side there. Oh, thank you, and you bet. You, you bet we will. I, I'll be happy to uh, meet you and talk with you in person as well. Andrea, uh, how how is it going uh, in terms of what you got planned in the next couple months here? Do you got anything scheduled already? I'm pretty sure you have. You've got a calendar probably going now for the next six months, right? Yeah, I've got um, – I'm actually going to um, California for three months, and I'm going to work on getting the, the sequel written to Black and Blue. Oh, nice. Um, Yeah, it's really, um, you know, it's still the same message. It's it's hopefully going to empower women and and girls to find their voices. Um, And it will be a sequel in that um, this, my first book ends at 2002 when we won the first national title. And, excuse me, this one will go up until 2018 and um, the year that I sold the franchise and, um, in that last year, we won the national title. But it's, you know, that's just, again, icing on the top and, and kind of a Disney-esque story, which it really was. But the message is, you know, the aging athlete, um, a different a different time in my life, which others will relate mm-hmm. to. Um, you, you know, maybe your parents are ill or you lose your parents. Um, your body's failing you. You can't get out there and, you know, run that. 50-yard sprint or throw that 40-yard pass like you used to. And it, it's just, you know, the acceptance of that and um, just moving into a different phase of life, but ultimately being victorious in, in that as well. So, you know, as the Sharks were in their last year. So I'm going to sit out in California and um, sip some good Cabernet and, and write a sequel. Why why not? That's my thing. And if you're coming over out there in Monterey or Carmel, 
I mean, let me know if you're out there as well. I mean, I'm almost a I couple minutes. On that. So yeah, Mare I and Carmel pretty well. So that's where I'm situated. So I wouldn't give that up for a while. So, but other than that, it's a great coast. If you're going to be on the coastline, it's really nice uh, time to have it out here. I mean, it's going to be a little bit rainy, but that's just the way it works. That's okay. That'll make me stay in and write instead of going to all the vineyards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, great, yeah. uh, great news that uh, you're coming out here and that you're working on the next next phase. Um, so I'm really excited. I wanted to bring you on here because really want to just kind of you know congratulate you on your Hall of Fame induction, and we're gonna get to see you here in about a week, and uh, it's gonna be great to have everybody there and just bring the excitement and more attention to top talented players of different eras, which is what we want to do. Yeah. And I think this thing has turned into something really good and exciting and I'm honored to be a part of it. So I can't wait to get there. All right, Andrea, thank you for making the time today. I'll, I'll get to see you in a couple of days here, about a week or so. And then we'll touch base obviously in Las Vegas at the uh, induction ceremony. And then the hall of fame game should be an exciting one, East and West. And hopefully we yes. get a great competitive matchup. I hope so. I'll be there to watch for sure. So, and Carter, uh, congratulations thank you for making the time. The thank you again. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. going to be a great milestone. Try to get to five here. Hopefully, you know, God willing, we'll get to there and bring even more oh, awareness to the sport. You will. You've done great things. You'll get there. Thank you, Andrew. Again, I will see you then in Vegas. Looking forward to it, Arthur. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. All right, Troy, uh, Andrea Douglas. Um, I finally get to meet her in Vegas, Troy. Next week, get to meet Lisa Horton. Uh, just a lot of players that we've interviewed here but never physically have met them. So it's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, it is, man. And anytime you can have – Hall of Fame next to your name. I mean, you know, you did some things in the field that you're in. So, congratulations uh, to Andrea and everyone else who were who was inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend uh, of this next week coming up. So, congratulations to everyone. That, that's just a great feat. Troy, um, before we uh, before we go into anything else, let's go to college football here. Um, Alabama loses to a big blow for them. Um, LSU hype. Everybody's happy for the Tigers, and uh, we got a little team naming uh, in team in Utah trying to make a a punch for you know a playoff positioning as well. So a little bit of uh, excitement almost everywhere in every conference now. Yeah, it is. It's coming down to the wire. This is rivalry week coming in. Um, you know, you got a lot of big games coming up. LSU has pretty much punched their ticket to the SEC championship game against Georgia and whoever wins in that one is definitely going to be in the playoffs. I mean, Georgia's been uh, hanging on uh, and playing well this entire year. Very strong team. They feel like they can match up with LSU. LSU has been on fire this entire year. They just, Joe Burrow has it going on. Um, He's really just has it uh, uh, going right now. You haven't seen LSU have a quarterback that played that way. Uh, in a long time, maybe since Jamarcus Russell uh, was there. But they are really playing well, even though they just dropped out because there's another team that's playing very well, and that's Ohio State. They've been absolutely on fire on offense and defense. Every single phase of the game, they've just been dominating teams out there. They have 
the big game coming up against Michigan, my team. They got to go to the big house to do this. It's going to be a huge weekend in college football. I cannot wait. It's going to be a great weekend just for football in general, especially from Thanksgiving on after that when this is just one of the best times of the year to watch football. So if you guys haven't paid attention to college football, this weekend is the time to do it because all the big rivalry games are coming up this week and and also next week. So definitely tune in. If you want to watch one, Michigan, Ohio State, that's going to be the best game of the weekend. They just flat out do not like each other. And I cannot wait to go see that when that's in the big house. Troy, you really think uh, the Ducks lose out on getting in with the uh, as they get done in Arizona State? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the the thing is is that also the Pac-10, the back, excuse me, the Pac-12, they don't have that strength of schedule that the other juggernaut conferences have. The SEC, especially, uh, even to a lesser extent, the Big Ten, and so they were already, you know, kind of like the odd man looking out. Utah was their best chance, uh, you know, to get a, a Pac-12 team into uh, the playoffs, and you know, you don't know how that's going to go either, but. Yeah, Oregon is definitely out. I mean, they definitely don't have a chance right now. They're still a solid program. I mean, as long as you got Justin Herbert back there, you got a chance to win things, and they can make some noise. But it's not going to be for the national championship. I mean, they're just going to have to – they can possibly right now get to a better bowl game. Uh, But national championship is off of their radar at the moment. Who are you going to put on number four, Troy? If if you're in the committee right now, obviously LSU is ranked one. Ohio State two, and then you got Clemson. Who are you going to squeeze in on four? Because is it Alabama just because of what they've done in the past, or what? Do you, who do you think it's going to be plugged in? I would say it's Georgia. I mean, look, Georgia is a is a ten and one team. Uh, they're going into the Georgia Tech game uh, coming up, and you know they're they're definitely going to win that game. I mean, and they haven't been slowed down too much except for that fluke game with South Carolina. You got you got to give a nod to Georgia right now. They've definitely earned it. The SEC, you know, conference is, is still tough. You know, it's a little bit of a down year, but it's still a tough league and it's still rated the toughest. So you definitely have to give Georgia that. I mean, listen, LSU is a great team, and Alabama lost to that LSU team, but they just lost to them at a really bad time. And, you know, when it's in college football, it's all about timing. If you lose your game early in the year, like Georgia did, you get a chance to build up your resume and increase your chances of getting up to a higher ranking as the year goes on. Alabama just really lost at the wrong time. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, that's going to be the the assessment. Um, Georgia really probably more deserving at this point. And then given uh, Tua's injury, that sort of put a damper on, on uh, Alabama. So you, you think there's a lot of happy people in the South that Alabama's not going to make the top four? Well, they may make the top four because, you, you listen, LSU and Georgia, they're going to play each other in the SEC championship game. And when we expect both of those teams to win out uh, this weekend and going to the SEC championship game facing each other, LSU being 12-0 uh, and 0 and, LSU and uh, Georgia being 11-1, uh, we expect that fully. But if one of those teams lose, you know, especially if Georgia loses. If Georgia loses, now Alabama has a shot. They have a shot to get in. And Alabama is playing a very tough Auburn team. They Auburn lost the close games that they had that they played this year, Florida game, uh, and they also uh, lost against Georgia as well in a close one. But Auburn is tougher than two dollar state. 
and that is not an easy game. If Alabama can go in there without Tua and win that game, that's really going to put a, a put them in great position to leapfrog at least to the number five position. And all they're doing is waiting to see who's going to win between that LSU and Georgia game. If Georgia wins and it's a close game, do you take LSU, who is ranked number two right now, do you take them out of the top? Well, I mean, because they lost to a tough Georgia team. So it's a possibility that Georgia, or excuse me, if LSU, even if they lose, they can still make the playoffs. And Alabama will be the odd man out, especially since LSU beat Alabama head-to-head. So it's a lot of intrigue that's going to go into this this weekend coming up. That's why it's going to be just so riveting. And every I'm telling you right now, I don't care who it is. There's nobody in the in the in the uh, in the country that's going to be happy with the outcome. Somebody's going to feel like they got robbed. And honestly, that's just also part of the intrigue when it comes to NCAA football and bowls. Yeah, I agree with you. There, but a huge weekend if you're going to be on watching all weekend. It's like football, you know, heaven, basically. College football is going to be in the mix. And then uh, we look forward to a Thanksgiving weekend, the Thanksgiving Day event. And um, so NFL is going to give us, uh, oh, my God, Bears and Lions on Thursday. And then we're going to get <laughs> Saints and Falcons. And then we get Bills and Cowboys. Boy. <laughs> Some of us are not going to be watching. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> oh, man. You know, there's a lot of anticipation going into these games uh, God. Uh, before the season. I saw that started. schedule Bears story, and I'm like, really? Good. I mean, Bears' lines look pretty good in the beginning of the season. Now it's just like, oh, man, that that, yeah. you know, that turkey, that tryptophan is going to kick in a little early with the sleepiness. So <laughs> it's going to it's going to be something. I think man. New Orleans-Atlanta is probably the most appeasing. The appeasing one is probably New Orleans-Atlanta at this point, right? Yeah, because Atlanta is like – that's like super Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, they lost this last weekend, but the you know two previous weekends, they've been juggernauts. It's like, what's going on mm-hmm. with this Atlanta team? Hey, you know they had a lot of talent. I mean, especially the, the team that they had. I mean, you got Julio Jones. You know, you're, uh, you got Matt Ryan. This guy's constantly been great. Um, really had a lot of yeah you had a lot of defensive uh, stalwarts also you know your pass rush is great you had good corners you got safety help with Keanu Neal all and you know uh, Deion Jones is coming back a middle linebacker we thought he was probably the best middle linebacker in the game at some point until he got suspended and then hurt last year Um, so it was just a lot to just a lot of disappointment on that team but it seemed like they started to put it together because they really genuinely love Dan Quinn. I mean, I, I like to see things like that where a team kind of rallies behind his coach. But I don't know if it's going to save him, and especially with that loss this past weekend. You needed to get that win and, you know, to keep that train running. And it, I, hopefully they can go ahead and right the ship this, this next week. I mean, excuse me, on a Thursday uh, against New Orleans. But that's a tough out right there, man. So they got it at home, but we'll see. I mean, you never know what team is going to show up with the Falcons. Yeah, I know, and, and then we have the Bills, who are really doing really good things right now. Um, they've done a really good ride with uh, their quarterback. You got Brown and Beasley in combination, um, and a hats off to Callie Branson out there. She's out there with the Bills right now, also. So not just Sowers in San Francisco, but Callie as well out there in um, in Buffalo. So uh, they would, you know, be happy more than enough happy like you to see the Cowboys fall two weeks in a row.
Are you there, Troy? I don't know. I think Troy maybe dropped off. I think he did drop off. Uh, so more than likely, it's going to be um, the Bills and Dallas here playing for it. And so, you know, like I said, the Bills are up and up and coming. They have done a really good job the last couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming at this point, it would be, you know, Dallas is at home to lose two weeks in a row. That would not be good. And, uh, you know, hats off to Callie Branson and the Bills out there. They're playing pretty, pretty good ball so far in the AFC East. Um, not as good as, you know, to beat the Patriots, but they're playing pretty decent ball. You know, honestly, I think this, this matchup is not a very good matchup for, for the Bills. Uh, the Bills have been playing really solid football all year. Um, and they've been able to do that by, by running the ball. And also, if they can, you know, find a way to get up on teams and force teams to pass, I mean, that's really where their strong spot is. Tredavious White is turning into one of the best corners in the league. But the, one of the things that the Buffalo Bills cannot do is stop the run. I mean, everybody is running on over over top of them right now. And you wonder how with the, the stars that they had up front. You drafted Ed Oliver, first-round pick this year. Uh, you have Star Lele, who's kind of turned his career around after, you know, being a first-round pick at Carolina. And you expected them to stop the run a lot more. But, I mean, teams have just been running over top of them. Dallas has definitely noticed that. I'm pretty sure they have during the film. I think this is the week where the criticism of Jason Garrett kind of takes a back seat and he decides to run the ball. If he's a smart mm-hmm. coach and if he's not a smart coach, he'll throw the ball around. But I think this is the week where you just turn Ezekiel Elliott loose. And, um, you know, he, he may run for 150, 160 yards this week because that's just a really bad matchup. And not to mention Buffalo Bills, they really can't trust their quarterback, Allen. He's made great decisions with the ball as far as like when to tuck it and run, but he's not going to beat you with his arm. And if you can force right. the Buffalo Bills to – if you can stop the run with the Bills and force him to beat you, you're in prime position. I think Dallas Cowboys, I think they have the personnel to do that. All right, so you're taking Atlanta over New Orleans, Dallas over the Bills, and are we taking Detroit over Chicago? Is that what we're going with? I'm going to go Chicago in this one. I think you got two, you know, bad quarterbacks right now. Uh, Stafford is not going to be back. I think Trubisky, mm-hmm. he, he kind of gets it together this week, and I just think that they also have the better defense. But, I mean, look, And he's Detroit in the dome, too. So that could be big, yeah, good for him, too, I guess. Yeah, and, and Detroit just lost to the Redskins. I mean, any, <laughs> any team that loses yeah. to them, I have zero faith in what you do in life. So, uh, you know, yeah. I'm definitely taking Chicago in this one. All right. Um, the other game is Monday night, of course. It's uh, it's going to be Cousins taking on Wilson. Uh, it's a critical game for both teams, uh, for the NFC North and for the NFC West to keep pace. Um, it looks – I mean, it's going to be a good matchup. Hopefully it's not a dud, but it's, hopefully it's a good matchup. Not like this past weekend's dud. Look, man, this year has just been insane for both of those two quarterbacks. All right, we'll start with Kirk Cousins. In the beginning of the year, he took a beating in the public. I mean, everyone was sitting there saying his wide receivers were calling him out. It turned out it really wasn't. They were calling out the offensive coordinator and the head coach because, you know, you invested so much money in the wide receiver and the quarterback position. You're paying Kirk Cousins upwards of $90 million for three years. 
You're paying Thielen. You already gave him a huge deal. You gave Stephon Diggs a huge deal. You know, your tight end has a huge deal. And you want to run the football, and I understand that Dalvin Cook is just a great running back. He's had a great year. But, you know, you also want to incorporate the passing game into it. And now they've gotten a good mix, and they are super hot right now. Kirk Cousins is on fire, but not more on fire than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson right now playing an MVP caliber. If it wasn't for Lamar Jackson, he would be running away with the award right now. He's got that team absolutely rolling. He just has that, you know, that 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 it factor. People just follow him, and they have a team now that buys in to the same, you know, way Russell Wilson is instead of having a little bit of the malcontents that were there before. They have it rolling right now. It's going to be great to see who really takes, you know, who really keeps it going, especially after the, you know, Minnesota started slow last, uh, not last yep. week, but the week before, and they came back mm-hmm. from twenty to three. And they came back and won the game. They're super hot right now, so we'll see who's really going to take that one. Honestly, I I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Seattle on this one. I just think that they just have it really going right now, and they can take over that division um, even even more since the Rams uh, took a loss to the Ravens. They can even uh, put a better strong. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry because the 49ers are ahead of them. Uh, but they can keep up yeah. with the 49ers. Let me say that. Seattle, I think, is more battle-tested. Uh, I really think that's going to be the key. Um, oh, yeah. Since we're talking 49ers, uh, where do you think Jackson's going to do with this team? Defensively, they're okay. Garoppolo's played pretty decent. Uh, they've been able to win in different facets so far. Um, but do you think uh, we get the result that we got in L.A.? Well, at home, you know what this 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 one is a little tough for me because every time I care about the Forty ers and I say they're not that good of a team, they just come out and they just show you what how much of a great team that they are. They may not have the best skill, you know, skill at at the um, uh, corner position right now. I know Sherman is a great, he's you know mm-hmm. he's an old vet out there. But he's kind of lost a step, but man, he's so much smarter than every other player out there, and that really takes him over the edge. And so. Even in his deteriorating physical skills, I think he's even playing better now than he was even in his heyday back then. And that's that's hard to say. But he's just playing so much smarter. He's got that defense out there playing smarter. And that defensive line, man, they are absolutely scary. They are scary. But you know what? Some of the things that I saw Aaron Rodgers do. Now, Aaron Rodgers got beat up when they were out there. But Aaron Rodgers really got them with the play action. He really mm-hmm. had these kids fooled mm-hmm. out there. If you do that with Lamar Jackson, he's going for 30. And he may oh, go yeah. longer than that. So you have to be a lot more disciplined than you were against the Packers. And you know Aaron Rodgers runs runs the um, uh, play action a lot with that system that they have up there. So if you are the – if you're of the 49ers, you're scared to death of what Lamar Jackson is going to do. they got to be watching not to mention, Russell Wilson film just to a lower level in that sense, just to contain – but they get they 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 get uh, the schedule gets tougher for them, Troy. Oh, yeah. They get Baltimore, and I believe they get the rematch against in Seattle. So if Seattle can pull it off at home and take care of business in Minnesota, they get the rematch here. It really will be the Seahawks' division to win if they can take down the Niners Absolutely. a second time. They're in prime position to take it over, and and you know everybody's going to be watching those games pretty close. And you know what? I think really the, the it's going to rest on whether or not the 49ers can run the ball and whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo can chill out with the turnovers. If he can stop that, mm-hmm. if he can just stop turning the ball over, 
they will be even more deadly. But they can run the ball against anybody, and they just move people. You're not going to be able to do that against Baltimore. So, you know, you're going to have to figure it out. But Kyle Shanahan, the dude is a genius. He'll figure it out. It's going to be a great game. I cannot wait to see that one. All right. um, I am kind of frustrated right now because I'm starting to see the evolution of Fisher 2.0. So if the Rams go into Arizona and lose, my God, the fan base is going to just completely go off. You know what I mean? Because it's just – not working right now. You know, McVeigh had that same penchant here where he would all of a sudden just not run the football and he would kind of get caught into that vacuum of we got to throw the ball here, we got to throw the ball, we got to catch up, we got to we got to, you know, we got to score now instead of, you know, kind of going through their natural progression. But then there's also the other side of it where Jared Goff is kind of getting exposed right now. Mm -hmm. He's really regressed. And I think a lot of the play calling helped him last year where they were in a better flow. I don't know why they're not running Todd Gurley. I don't know if he's actually healthy. He doesn't look healthy. But sometimes he does, but maybe he's not. I don't know. But if they can't get back to the balance, which is what – they do well. They call play action passes very well. But and they have the skill position, but they're just not in a good rhythm right now when it comes to play calling. You got to lay some of that defeat in McVay. I don't know what he's doing, but he he definitely can can get it right. And but I don't know if he has the right quarterback for it. I just Troy, the, when I Murray, see golf out there, if Murray tears down these Rams in a horrible state, just like Jackson did today. I mean, yesterday, I mean, that's going to be, I, I know he's like yeah. at the podium going, it's on me. I'm, it's all, I'm, we got to fix it. At some point, you know, I understand you're the coach, but it's on me and we got to fix it. It's not working. You know what I mean? It's just, just you got to, you got to make it happen. And so this is a, this is a division game. Neither team is going really anywhere at this point. They're battling for probably third place at this point. That's what it's going to look like. But, if the Rams lose again, at on the road especially, and if Arizona, Arizona is a really good team, if they kind of play down and they don't they don't play good ball, uh, I think our fan base is going to start to get a little bit impatient. Yeah, I think they're kind of already getting there. I mean, even mm-hmm. when they were playing very well, there weren't a lot of fans showing up to the stadiums. I don't know if it's just an LA thing or if they just were just completely disinterested. And the Super Bowl runner-up. I couldn't really tell. Uh, but everybody, I know Troy, everybody's now. at the Laker game or at the Kings game. And that's because yeah, they're both exactly. winning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody's at the Ram yeah. game because they're not winning. And, and you know what? <laughs> Paying customers have that right. So I, I, I'm not even mad at that. Oh, my God. But, you know, but I, at, I, I, but at the same time. Thing. It's really what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? But the thing is, you you have to play better. I mean, it's as simple as that. You have to play better at the quarterback position. You got to call plays better. For crying out loud, yeah. you you invested so much in that defense. You have to play. You have to play defense better than that. I mean, even when it wasn't Lamar Jackson, I mean, they were getting gashed up the middle. You got the best yeah. defensive player in the NFL on that defensive line. He's getting constantly double teamed. Somebody has to step up and do something. 
You got the rest of the defense there's getting a, blocked one on one. It just doesn't make something sense. We're not so being somebody's told. not doing their job. We're not being told something. You know, Gurley's not on every snap. We got there's something going on that we're not being told. Either the coach is covering up, and he's sacrificing his career. You know what I'm saying? It's really what it's the way it's starting to look, basically. I I didn't understand. They only ran the ball. You know how many times that the Rams ran the ball yesterday? Nine. Times. I know. I know. Nine. One you carry for nine twenty-two times yards. You had Gurley. Gurley on your team? Yeah. I, I just, that that's hurt. What, I mean, that, that, Troy, that's Troy. That's I always get to see stuff on your feed about liquor and heavy stuff, and I think maybe I'm going. I'm gonna have to go that route for the last couple games <laughs> of the season. You know, what I mean? <laughs> I'm taking the recommendations from your feed. You know what I mean? I think I need to go pick up that <laughs> bottle right now. <laughs> hey, look, you could you could use a nice Chianti right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna need a. A, a favorable appetizer recommendation, and then I'm probably going to just drown in it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not I an alcoholic. You, I don't even drink. So if it's putting me to drink, this is not good. <laughs> oh, it's bad. This, that was just bad showing. You saw the game. I'm pretty sure you saw it. You are probably just laughing your head off. I was, like, so pissed. <laughs> what the fuck? What the oh, hell man. are we doing? It, I was you know, like, come on. Part of me was just really excited to watch Lamar Jackson do what he does because I just think, honestly, he is changing the game. I think Kyler Murray, is he's also going to change the game. I think those two are just the future of the NFL. I think that's what the NFL is going to start looking to. I mean, they have to get out of that way of thinking. I said that earlier in the show. How do you miss on a talent like that and try to turn him into a wide receiver? I don't understand that. So you get the ball in his hands every play, and you can't figure a way to do it. You should be fired as a GM or as an offensive coordinator if you didn't sign off on it, which is what they did yeah. to Marty Morningway when they, he said, "No, we need to turn him into a wide receiver." They fired him, and they built an yeah. offense around him. And I think you're going to see that become the trend in the NFL because you also are taking into effect that you're putting butts in the seats. Lamar Jackson right now is must see TV. I bet you right now, oh, yeah, yeah. the Monday night oh, yeah. from last night, they were through the roof because you want to see him. And so you want to mm-hmm. have that excitement if you're a team. You If you miss out on another talent like this, your fan base will not let you forget it. So I love the fact that he's changing the game like that. I'm very proud of him. But I felt bad for you, man. And I know how hard it is, but you know what? Y'all get it was just through, the mustard uniform. I think it was those – the unis were the problem. We don't wear the mustard uniforms then. Maybe it's – a different ball game. You know what I mean? I don't think I'm that would help you, man. Y'all. Can you tell? I'm trying to come up with some excuse to justify y'all, a beatdown. Y'all could have y'all could have wore lilac yesterday and they were just gonna beat the brakes <laughs> off y'all, man. <laughs> oh my god. I was just it was horrible, Troy. It was really horrible last night. I was like, come on, man. And I already knew it. I I told uh uh, Mackenzie last weekend that well we we're, we're gonna get our asses kicked. And she said, no 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 you you gotta you gotta you gotta believe I gotta believe we're gonna get our asses kicked. <laughs> and we did. We got our asses hey, kicked. Man, what, welcome to my world. I watched my team God. get our asses kicked nine times and just didn't have a shot at winning the game. And I'm just sitting there just like why do I even why am I even here? I could be yeah. literally 
you know how you get your wife asks you, can you go picking apples on Sundays? I actually sure. wanted to go do it. I actually wanted to go. I was like, I look, I go ahead and buy a ladder and everything. I was like, we're going to get the big apples up top. We going. Yeah, we, we don't need to watch this game. That's what I started doing. So, you know, I'm still, yeah, I'm I'm still trying to enjoy the games. I get to enjoy it as a fan because I know my team is just out of it, and I'm actually rooting for them to lose. So I'm actually feeling pretty good right now just enjoying watching the rest of the game. So I'm still having fun with it. So you think uh, the Patriots are still the top of the AFC, really, or do you think Kansas City's gone down? Oh, you know what? Right now, I think you got to put Baltimore at the top right now. I mean, Baltimore's beating all of those teams, right? So Baltimore's beating um, uh, New England, and it, they beat them head to head. And so you got to put Baltimore at the top right now, uh, even though you know when it comes down to seeding and things like that, New England is up there. But look. New England is no slouch. Bill Belichick, he decided he wasn't going to hire a defensive coordinator. You know why? Because he was going to be the defensive coordinator. And now you look at them, they're still the number one ranked defense in the NFL. I mean, look, a lot of balls. the guys are absolute Troy. genius. It's a lot mm-hmm. of balls. That's big balls yeah, right man. there. Yeah, I mean, the, the, guy, the guy can just flat out coach. And so I was saying last night to a couple of my friends, and we were watching this Lamar Jackson, and you know, you know Bill Belichick was watching that game. He is looking for any kind of weakness that he can find in that kid because let me tell you, they are going to meet. You're going to see that. That's the NFC Championship game right now. You're going to see New England and Baltimore. The only thing we don't know yet is where it's going to be played. And that when they meet again, Bill Belichick is going to do things a little bit different, and I cannot wait to see something like that. Barring any kind of crazy injury, but I think that's going to be the championship game, and I can't wait to see that matchup one more time. All right, Troy. Um, let's bring in the salty one uh, to get that in. Um, I don't know if you want to uh, hang out for a couple more uh, minutes or if you got if you got a bail, but salty one's in the house here. And uh, between her and me, we didn't have a great weekend. She lost on Sunday night, and I told her we were going to get a beat down, and reality sunk in in Los Angeles. So sad. Wow. Uh, so you know sad. something. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Troy? I'm not even about to say nothing to you because I'm just glad that you're back for a little bit. I will say she's this, trying to be polite. That's how she's saying. I, I try, I'm trying so hard to be nice right now. I will say this about my Cowboys. Okay. Aside from the fact that we couldn't move the ball down the field until the the freaking second half, those two tripping calls. I don't. I mean, in, in retrospect, you would think those. The, oh. Yeah, those two. Yeah, those, you you would think those two tripping calls would have made the difference that would have given us those yards to essentially punch it in for six. Um, definitely phantom tricks. Pretty sad when the NFL comes out and states that those two calls were not even a thing. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. We made a mistake. Right, like what the heck? What the heck good is that gonna do me now? I don't understand. Took away two but, huge plays. Right. Oh, yeah. The donut had to have the, a jelly is, in it, but we forgot to put the jelly in the donut. Sorry. Right, like here, let's just let's just stab it some more. Why don't we? Uh, well, and and the other thing is, is is it was a, it was a more of a defensive battle than anything. It was not an offensive battle by any means on any team, Tom Brady included. 
um, my defense, the hot boys, the, the front seven, was getting in there and getting pressure on them, and and uh, the Patriots O line was feeling it, um, especially after that that second or third sack of the first half they were starting to pick up the pace after halftime. The thing that really irritated me the most as far as as far as Dallas is concerned was those three points that we needed that could have essentially, you know, switched the game was I, I can't stand Brett Maher. I am not a Brett Maher fan at all. I, I want Dan Bailey back. He hits everything. <laughs> Tell us how you oh, feel, Mackenzie. I was so irritated. I was so irritated. I was like, all right. Well, he missed one, so we're probably gonna lose by three. And I was in, I was in, I'm in a Dallas Cowboys open forum on Facebook, and one of the admins was was like, if we if we lose by three, I'm blaming it on Maher, and we lost by four, and I still blame it on Maher. You're blaming it on a Just kicker. Terrible. Yes. And I'm blaming. It, I'm also blaming it on Amari Cooper because. You have hands every other time, but the one time that we needed to have hands, you couldn't have, like, brung your arms closer together or, you know, caught it with your leg. You couldn't have done, like, a Cole Beasley and just, like, contorted your body somehow to catch this ball. I was irritated. It was Troy, really, see what you really started? Out there. It was really, really wet out there, though. It was. I oh, mean, man. You know. That was the other thing that irritated me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know what? I will say this. I was I was surprised how well the Cowboys defense played because they haven't played well all the time this year. And honestly, oh, no. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl because of their defense. Like, I don't necessarily believe in Dak all like that. I think Dak is a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. But, you know, with Ezekiel Elliott and then Amari Cooper and how they connected last year, I thought he could have made that a sense. But I thought they were going to be, you know, um, I thought they were going to be good, maybe not great. But their defense, I thought they would have been lights out. That's been the most disappointing thing about them all year. What has been going on in, in you know, with that defense? Because I, I honestly thought that was a strong suit. I didn't see any weakness anywhere in the, on that team. Defensive line, linebackers, secondary, I thought they were top notch. I don't know what's going on. Well, I'll tell you this, injuries have, have, have beat us. Um, um, Leighton Vendresh has been out for off and on for like two or three weeks, two or three games. And then quarterback, or quarterback Anthony Brown is out for the year with a season-ending uh, knee injury from what I read. So we've had to try to find we've, – we've had to try to find somebody to replace him on that, on that strong side corner – and then Sean Lee, I mean, and I love me some Sean Lee. That's the general. He's the boss man for a reason. Like, that's why he's called the general. That's what he does. But he is not young enough anymore to be covering both gaps as a little linebacker. With having, with having Sean Lee on that weak side, Light and Venerish in the middle, and then Jalen Smith on, on the strong side has been perfect, like phenomenal. But – with with Vanders out having still some some neck problems um, from a couple games ago, it's been it's it's been screwing us. Um, I, I'm hoping. I swear, if we lose to the Buffalo Bills in Dallas on Thursday, I might just 
I might just have to make a live video on Wayne. Hey, Kelly Brown's on the Buffalo Bills, so we got to root for the Bills, I think, because Kelly's on there. I love me some Kelly, but I I also love my Dallas Cowboys. I'm sorry, (laughs) Kelly. So, so do you also think like there? I think part of it is I think Demarcus Ware is getting so much attention. He's getting double teamed. He's getting chipped. He's getting knocked around a little bit. Maybe not having as big a year as kind of we thought. But it's kind of the same thing, you know, we were just talking about with Khalil Mack and also the same thing with Aaron Donald is that the other guys around him on that defensive line has to step up. I think some of that might also be an issue with Dallas. I mean, because they just – to me, they just seem a little bit inconsistent up front. Well, with, with – I'll say this. It, it has been a little bit inconsistent up until the Patriots game. Um, DeMarcus Lawrence has had nothing but double teams and chips and and, and linemen attempting to take out his kneecap. Like, this man is literally, like, fending for his life on the other side of the line. Now, having Robert Quinn to couple that on the other side of the defensive line has been, like, I – honestly, I have zero complaints about at least my – at least RDN. RDN – to be honest, even with having not like not having as much efficiency from Demarcus Lawrence's side, but he has he also has Jalen Smith right behind him. Um, it, I mean, in my eyes, it, I, being a defensive player, he's been nothing but phenomenal. He's getting the pressure. Robert Quinn. He's, he's but yeah, I Robert mean, it's, Quinn, it's the man, pressure's not coming that's from the pigeon-toed assassin right there. That, that's 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 uh, yeah. Oscar's old boy right there. Yeah, if he's if if Robert Quinn's not getting getting the pressure, it's coming from Demarcus. If it's not coming from Kate, it's coming from it's coming from that. Like it, the pressure is literally bouncing off from one side. If one person can't get the pressure, the other one's blitzing. If the other one gets the pressure, the other one's blitzing. My only concern about my front four is I feel like well now with having Michael Bennett, I can't even say that with having Michael Bennett as a D tack that 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 nose tackle and combo player that he is, um, the 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 pressure straight up the middle is, is there now where before uh, we had Irvin and I can't even remember who else in there and Irvin, Irvin's a power player. So he's not, he's not going to be like, you know, jolly off the spot. Like he's quick and he's fast, but he's not gonna, he's going to hit you and it's going to hurt where Bennett, you know, Bennett wears those kickers. Hats. So when he comes off the ball, they're literally trying to find anything to grab. That's why he's wearing them. Cause you can't, you got to grab them up top. And by the time you grab them up top, He's already in the backfield, or Quinn's already blitzed, or Demarcus is already blitzed, or hell, Jalen. Jalen loves doing doing that strong side linebacker blitz. He loves that. Absolutely, yeah, I love Jalen Smith, man. I mean, I, I'm so happy that he came back because I watched him at Notre Dame, and he should have been a top, maybe he might have been a top pick in the NFL, and then that injury, that freak injury that happened, and just to see the way he's playing now, man, got to be proud of that kid. How about my Rams, Mackenzie? What do I feel like right now? Oh, Oscar. I told you we were going to give a beat down, and you said keep your faith and no faith you here. Know, I was I... about to just – I was that was horrible. It was really horrible. I told you Lamar Jackson was the real deal, and we just sucked. I mean, and it's not that I didn't believe that he was the real deal because I've seen it with my own eyes. I just – for some reason, I just thought that Jared Goff and – 
C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley were going to get it done, and that didn't that wasn't quite a thing. Todd um, Gurley, I, I better call him and tell him he needs to be there at every snap. <laughs> yeah, um, he wasn't nowhere to be damn found, and God, I just I can't I don't you know I don't really know how we're a mess. Punkin. Can we say we're a mess? Would that be the the, the yeah, polite a thing hot, to say? Hot mess. We're a mess. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm not I'm not saying that because I'm not a big fan. I am a big fan. I just love my team, but this is starting to go south. And next week we get Arizona, as I was telling Troy here. And if Murray beats us next week, what what will Sean say again? We just got to go back to work, <laughs> finish the season, and go back to work. What? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just let's also take a second to, you know, I am the biggest cheese hater on planet Earth, the ultimate Packer hater. Let's just take a minute to to recognize the fact that Aaron Rodgers got dog walked, and I was elated about it. I was I was that was last week, Mackenzie. Off. That was last week. You had your moment last week. Um, no, they lost this week too. Absolutely. Oh my God, I'm trying to prevent that twice in a week, and it happened again. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They they and the the score was a uh, thirty-seven to eight, um, and I was so elated. I mean, it's pretty Too bad. Too bad Holly isn't Dallas here to talk about her Niners because she'd be <laughs> stoked right now. Oh, I really wanted. I really was like hoping that the Niners would lose, and I'm like, this is not not gonna happen. Like, I don't even know why I'm trying to pretend. You know, because me and Holly were me and Holly were giving each other, you know, giving each other grief back and forth. And I was just like, no, they're not losing. I can't even pretend to try to hear it against them. I tried for like two minutes. I'm like, yeah, no, this is not. This is probably not going to happen. Um, and the she's fact, having a good ride. That, oh yeah, no, I gotta, I gotta give her props, Holly, if you're listening. You know, I love you, girl, and I'm, I'm still salt, I'm still salty that y'all beat them like that. But a win's a win. So good job out of y'all. I'm just more or less surprised that they literally shut down every single thing that the Green Bay Packers had as far as weapons. Um, Aaron Jones, nowhere to be found. Uh, Alan Lazard, yeah. nowhere to be found. Yeah. Jimmy Graham, nowhere to be found. Aaron Rodgers, scrambling, nowhere to be found. They did a good found. job. Defensively, uh-huh. they just they shut him down. They did a really good job. And then they forced him to throw and, then, and contained and everything. And the other thing, the other thing that really just – blew my mind. Everybody that knows me knows that I'm a George Kittle fan, obviously because he's a former Hawkeye and because he's just a good person. Like, George Kittle is the guy. Like, I don't care what team you root for. If you don't like George Kittle, we can't be friends. But you just first of all, who leaves the tight open wide open over the middle for 61 yards? Like, George Kittle runs, run, runs routes like Gronk used to. Like, he's big. He's powerful. Um, you know, doesn't he has quick feet, but isn't like the sharpest route runner? But he literally just bent—he bent this route. This route, he bent it in and then popped it back out, almost like a pop, like a like a uh, a post corner, and just sailed. He just sailed right through the middle, and Jimmy Garoppolo just turns his head like an inch and a half and just launches the ball right over the middle, and there's no defender to be found. You have two—you have a corner and a safety on the other side. And the other defenders on the play side, and George Kittle literally just like jogged into the end zone. And I was like, I literally yeah. sat there and was just like, is this? Did they really just 
Like, did that really just happen? I had to, I had to quick turn it back to just see what even happened. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know what? I'm, we're going to co- uh, continue the conversation. Uh, we have the uh, No Joke Football Huddle second interview coming up here, and we have the talented Katrina Payment from the Ottawa Rebels. She is uh, starting a team from scratch up in Ottawa. There is no women's tackle football per se there. Uh, if you go to Mon- uh, Montreal, obviously you got the Blitz there. If you go to Minfa um, over in the other side in Toronto area, we have Minfa Canada. So let's bring in Katrina Payment. We'll talk to her about what she's trying to do here with the uh, Ottawa Rebels up north in Canada. So Katrina, welcome to the Blitz. You're on with uh, Mackenzie Brooks and Troy Wilson, including myself, Oscar Lopez. Thanks for making the time today. And, uh, well, it's a it's a great beginning up there, and I know you're trying to fill that void in Ottawa, uh, considering there's uh, obviously teams over in the Saskatchewan area and as well as over in Montreal. And so it's a kind of a tough road to start, but you're trying to get it up and running, right? Yeah, so, I mean, out here, like you said, out in the west end of Canada, football is already something that's really big in the and for women and also in the Maritimes, but in Ontario and in Quebec, it's still something that isn't really existent yet. Um, so we're trying to, I'm like, I'm not the only one. I have, uh, I have some friends helping out. They're trying to build a league in between Quebec and Ontario. And then I was asked to try and build my own team. So that's, that's what I'm working on. Are you getting any resources from like MIFA, MIFA Canada or Maritime or even the WWCFL? Are you getting any support there maybe on how to go about it or? Uh, I haven't reached out to anyone uh, as far as like those who are already really settled. Uh, the Montreal Blitz uh, have reached out. Uh, they're actually probably going to be a part of uh, what we're trying to build here uh, in Ottawa. Um, I have reached out to uh, Team Ontario, which is like the actual provincial uh, team, um, and they have offered support. But I mean, right now everything's still so fresh and so new. Um, I have one particular friend who's done, who has built her, her own teams over the years. So she's been a huge support. But uh, other than that, I'm kind of uh, shredding uh, in new, uh, in new territory for me. Christina, uh, was it something that you just decided to do because there was a void in it or just because the, you wanted to play as well and you wanted to get an outlet to, to be available for you as well? Uh it's something I've, I've dreamt of since I've been a little girl. Ever since I've been a little girl, I've always wanted to play football. And, um, you know, growing up, I did get a chance to play a little bit with the boys. Um, but I, I was missing that, that drive and that, that, you know, that camaraderie of football. And I knew that at, although it's not the best time in my personal life, I knew it was time that, you know, I put time aside and, and build this team, not just for myself. Obviously, I want to play and I really miss the sport, but it's, it's, a, it's the perfect time to – to build it, having that support from my friends. And it's really, I want to bring more women into this community that so few women get a chance to experience, which I believe is, you know, one of the best experiences anyone could ask for. Are you trying to build this league into a a, a mini league uh, like they do out overseas? Some of the teams, some of the, some of the leagues overseas really start with a, you know, a six, six uh, team kind of concept because makes it somewhat competitive. Um, is there a goal for the amount of teams in the area or are you just going to play like independent with uh, regional areas? 
So right now the goal is with everyone that's involved in the project is we're up to about four teams. So we have myself here in Ottawa, Gatineau area. We have the Montreal Blitz uh, in Montreal. And then we would have a team on the North shore and on the South shore of Montreal who would be involved, which would give us about a six game season. If we play each team twice, one home, one away, um, which, you mm -hmm. know, for a first, for a first, season in my opinion is a really good start you know especially that there was nothing at all sure. here other than the Montreal Blitz playing in the space yeah and they've so. also branched out to uh, MIFA right over in Toronto to try to play some yeah, games they've out there as well out. so yeah they've so definitely reached out to MIFA I haven't had a chance to spoken to them yet there but uh, I, ha I should reach out to them shortly um, it's a great resource they're a very historic organization as you well know um so, you know, to reach out to the WWCFL would be a good a good uh, suggestion for me to kind of give, give, you know, they can give you some better resources and where to go about for state provincial support or funding and things like that that you would have to go through to try to get your team, you know, up to that next level. Um, yeah. Katrina, we're going to have, uh, have uh, Mackenzie here kind of pick your brain on the project, and then we'll have Troy chime in. So, guys, uh, Katrina's actually starting the Ottawa Rebels. It's a new team. It's obviously a challenge here, but she's trying to get it to where we get a full league going here and uh, fill that void in that area in Canada. Hey, how you doing today? Good, yourself? You know, I'm living the dream, talking football for every week. I can't complain. So my first question is what, aside from being asked to essentially start your own team. What other uh, what other aspects were, were there going into wanting to create an entire league um, up there in Canada? So, um, in other words, was it just, you know, just the need, the, you know, the need and demand for it, or just because you wanted to? Like, you know, um, why? It's, uh, it's definitely something I've dreamt of for a very, very long time. Uh, it's obviously a very big project and a very scary project. I was actually offered to do this uh, a couple months ago and I said yes, but never actually pursued anything because it was such a scary project to take on on my own. I mean, I'm only 24 years old. So like this is, this is a huge responsibility to take on. Uh, but it was really a couple days, a couple weeks ago, it like, it hit me. I took out my old helmet, my old shoulder pads that were like collecting dust in the basement. And, you know, I wanted to play. And I knew that if I wanted to play, it was I had to build a team because if I didn't, who else was going to do it? So I called up my friend again and I was like, you know what, you know, if you're willing to help me out as much as you can, then let's do this and let's get this team going. Nice. I love that. You know, it's always, it's always good, you know, to have help with a project, like especially something as big and as uh, in-depth as creating another you know another league and another a new avenue for women to play tackle football so also yeah, hats sure. off to you because taking on a project like that of any kind by yourself <laughs> let alone you know with somebody else is is mind-blowing so i'm props girl because that's gonna take actually, so much patience oh man well i actually got the the, the local city team out in gatineau actually reached out to me uh and they're actually going to help us as well they're actually trying to get a hold of uh you know the ottawa red blacks and uh get a hold of any contacts that they have to try and help which you know i re i recently learned about like last week which to me is huge that 
clearly this is something that's going to work because there's people out there that are interested. There's also teams out uh, in Orleans, Ottawa, who have showed interest in trying to support us. Um, so, I mean, just within my support of circles of friends, as well as now all these city leagues, uh, city teams joining in, I really think this is something that can work out. Awesome. Oh, gosh. I'm excited. That means I got another new guy to follow. I'm thrilled. I, I'm excited, too. <laughs> Man, I love this. Oh. oh, look, I'm so excited for you, girl. Yes. Oh, okay. and I never, thought, I never thought this would happen. <laughs> well, you actually just, you just answered my final question, so I'll just go ahead and ask it anyway. Did you in your wildest dreams as far as, you know, coming from being a player to, you know, having to step back in, in kind of, um, watch and, you know, kind of observe, you know, being, being a fan and, and spectator. Did you ever think that you are, you yourself were going to be creating a league or, you know, having the idea to start the, the, a team and a league like that? I, I grew up dreaming it. I grew up dreaming it. And, you know, I, you know, once I stopped playing, I, I went to coaching, uh, you know, cause coaching was the next best outlet for me to still be involved. Um, but no, I didn't think it would happen. I mean, as soon as I started putting some time into the project, I started seeing little glimpses of hope as soon as I started putting like steps into it. Uh, but if you would have asked me this a couple weeks ago, I would have said, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> wow. That's, oh, that's, a, whoo, I love that. You go girl. All right now. Oh man. I love it. Love that. Oh, well, I'm really I, I, here in Iowa. Uh, well, actually, what actually got this all started was we thought there was a team that existed in Ottawa, but it was Ottawa, Kansas, U- USA. So that's kind of I, I I thought that there, I was going to have that chance to play again, and then it got ripped away from me, and that's where I went like, nope, it's time for me to actually put my foot down and make this team so that it happens. Very good, very good. I love it. Well, I am all out of questions, so I'm going to turn it over to Troy. She's going to pick your brain some more. Um, thank you for coming on the show. I am going to sit back and listen to more of this. I love this. I love it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Have a good evening. Hey, good yourself. I'm good. I'm good. So what was the most challenging aspect of – of starting this team. I mean, I mean, because you're, organizationally, you know, you're just starting from scratch. So I, I was always thinking maybe personnel would be the issue, but you tell me like, what, what is the, what do you find that was the biggest challenge for you? Um, my biggest fear was going to be able to, you know, financially support and like afford this team. So especially being a new team, I was worried about equipment and helmets and shoulder pads and then, you know, how am I going to pay refs and stuff like that? And I actually got really, really lucky and was donated 33 sets of shoulder pads. And I'm still waiting on, uh, I'm supposed to have a whole team worth of helmets donated. So my biggest fear was going to be affording the equipment. And that ended up being, you know, that issue ended up being solved almost instantaneously. So my biggest thing is getting out to the public and, you know, having the public know that this exists now in order to recruit players. I think that's going to be my biggest challenge up ahead. So when it comes to, you know, um, like what did, did you kind of take a look at some of the local talent around? So how do you guys, how would you find 
you know, a, a lot of the recruits and a lot of the prospects that you can bring in. Do you kind of go to different high schools and check out the athletes that they have there? Especially, it's got to be a little bit difficult because, you know, there may not be, you know, especially younger athletes, they may not be playing women's football. They may be playing another sport. So how would you kind of find that diamond in the rough that you would think that maybe they would be a good fit to play football for you? So being between Ottawa and Gatineau, we actually have a pretty big pool of, um, you know, college and university level athletes as options between University of Ottawa, University of Carleton. Uh, we have a couple of universities on the Gatineau side as well. So our biggest thing is going to the universities and the colleges and going to see, uh, you know, the sports centers and posting up uh, like posters there and trying to get a hold of, you know, soccer players, rugby players, uh, hockey players anyone who has played a little bit more of a physical sport who might show interest in something like tackle football. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I mean that, I think that's the most challenging aspect, but I think you just find it so surprising um, that uh, where, where people come from as far as the, you know, their athletic background. So talk a little bit about your athletic background. So what were some of the things that you played and that, and what made you get into uh, tackle football? So I grew up playing soccer. Uh, I was the goaltender in soccer, and I loved being in that position of having all the pressure on me and, you know, having to perform in front of the pressure. And, um, you know, I kind of started looking around at football, and, you know, just like most women, I'm sure, as, as young girls, when they went and turned around to mom and dad and asked, you know, can I play football, the answer was always no. So I played soccer for, you know, six, seven years, and eventually I got bored of it, and I just stopped playing sports for a while, and uh, it took another couple of years before I finally convinced my parents to let me join the practice squad of the boys' tackle football team, um, and at the same time, I was also playing some flag football with my high school, and uh, as they saw me grow in the flag football, that's kind of where they said, you know what, we'll give her a chance in the tackle football, we'll let her play. Um, I ended up playing for two years with my city team, the uh, St. Hubert Rebels, which is where obviously my the new team name comes from. I want to honor where football started for me. Um, and then I ended up getting offered uh, to play for Team Quebec. Uh, I was supposed to go on to Team Canada, but was too young to play in the tournament because it was an 18-plus tournament. And my birthday was a month after the, uh, the International Ch- World Championships. Um, so... At that point, I had outgrown the city league, so I kind of just stopped playing football and turned to to more like a CrossFit-style sport and then just kept coaching. And now I'm set up with just doing that, and I want to play again. I think that's that's really awesome. You know, when you you just have the love for it, and anytime you have the love for it, you got to have the drive for it, and it sounds like you definitely do. So I want to thank you for taking my questions. I I really wish you the best, and it sounds like you guys you you really got it on the right track. So we'll be rooting for you, and we'll definitely be checking out on you, and we definitely want you to come back on the show. All right, thank you so much, guys. You got it. All right, Christina, thank you for coming in. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, we'll keep tabs on it, and uh, if we can help it with anything, like I said, uh, you chime in. We got plenty of uh, talented peoples over in Mifa, Canada as well. You got the Montreal Blitz already reached out for you. It's obviously a really great organization. And then, like I said, if yep. you, you know, get a hold of the WWCFL commissioner, I'm pretty sure she's more than resourceful in terms of getting 
other things and logistics and administrative things going for you. So there's a lot of uh, nice resources all the way around in Canada. So should be uh, really uh, nice for you to just kind of like reach out. For sure, for sure. All right, Christina, thank you for making the time. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, if anything we can help you out with, let let me know. And then uh, go Ottawa Rebels. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Really appreciate this. It's super cool to be on this. Have a great, Have a great evening. evening. All right, bye. All right, guys. Uh, that was uh, Katrina Payment, uh, and then she's obviously starting a good thing out there in Ottawa, trying to get a lot more women to be participants there. And the Montreal Blitz really kind of isolated when they left the WFA and the IWFL, and so they have been left out there by themselves. And so besides the Maritime, the middle section of Canada right there between Saskatchewan and Maritime, there's really no formal leagues um, for women's tackle football. So there's a gap there that obviously she's trying to reach and trying to set up a, like a, a six-team league or something like that to do that, just like they do in the WWCFL. So uh, we wish her really, really good success. And hopefully by reaching out to the other organization she's able to elevate the the league and get it up and running yeah you know i'm i was kind of bummed when i found out the blitz weren't in the wfa anymore in fact i was pretty upset about it because i was really looking forward to trying to go to canada and play somebody in canada but i'm also glad that you know they're the all the canadian women's players are you know about to get the opportunity to to play in a league again and it's going to be in their home country. You know, they don't have to spend so much, you know, time and money going back and forth between, uh, you know, British Columbia and the United States. So I'm excited to see how this, how all this plays out. I'm excited to see how, how this young lady flourishes as an owner. I'm excited for all of it. She's done pretty well and she's got a passion for it. So uh, if she gets the right resources, as she's already kind of seeked, and if you get the, the big gorilla, the CFL, to, you know, the big team to kind of help you out with some sort of funding, that'll be a very big bonus for them too. Absolutely. Uh, Troy, the Grey Cup, Winnipeg for the W. They win. They take care of Hamilton. Uh, it was up at the hub at facebook.com for slash Gridiron Beauties. Uh, I think it was 30 years since they won. So pretty excited. We don't usually talk Canadian football, but this is a big deal. This is the Super Bowl of Canada. So Winnipeg literally on a good ride all year. Yeah, their first great cup in almost 30 years, man, the Blue Bombers. They they, they got it done. So I'm like, man, that I, I you know, when I started watching CFL was when they had the American teams. Do you guys remember that? They had Baltimore. Yeah, there. the Baltimore Stallions. Baltimore won mm-hmm. Yeah, they won. Yeah, yep. And so every now and then, you know, I'll catch it. And then also when Rocket Ismail went to the Toronto Argonauts. So, you know, every now and then I'll catch it, man. And I I love watching the CFL because you see a lot of those players out there, man. They're playing, playing, you know, top-notch football. And it's exciting. It's got a bigger field, a wider field. I love watching it, man. And I'm sad that I missed the Great Cup this year, man. My my just my schedule's been super crazy, but I all I usually typically watch it. I missed a little bit of it this year, but I know I can catch it. So I'm gonna go ahead and go back and watch it because I'm a bit of a football junkie. 
So I got to watch the Grey Cup. But, you know, congratulations to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You know they're getting it in with that, man. You know, when you haven't won a title in almost 30 years, kind of like my Redskins. You see, I'm referencing my team a little bit too much today. But, you know, we haven't won a mm-hmm. title in a long time, so I know how Winnipeg feels too, man. So congrats to them. They're the champs now. They get bragging rights. So, you guys, there's news came out that the CFL has branched out completely, kind of like becoming a global branding more so in competitive states of the NFL, and they created the Alliance of American Football or American Gridiron Football this past uh, weekend, and it involves almost 12 countries from different leagues internationally, and they also have set up combines everywhere in Italy, in Mexico, in Europe. Um, so, Mackenzie, it looks to me like Ambrose, the commissioner, now, the CFL is looking to, you know, get to more exposure for their league, too, and bring in more talent. But at the same time, now we're looking at a, you know, we thought the NFL was the it. They want to be the it by incorporating, you know, a big professional football level on an international scale. Well, see, and then I am all for it, obviously. You know you know how I roll, Oscar, Jory. You know, I'm all for New stuff, I'm all for exposure of things that are not, you know, the it or aren't the it factor or, you know, what have you. With that being said, the thing that the NFL doesn't have that this league has is the fact that they have the international team or they're going to have the international team. The only thing that was the thing with the NFL is the NFL just plays in, in different countries. They play in London, they play in Mexico City, I believe they play. You know, those are really the it's only two travel other cities for them, that basically, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, they're they're playing each other in in a different country. Like they're playing this like American teams in a different country. With this new league, it's going to be different country, different team, or same type of team, same country, maybe possibly. Like the 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 possibility of there that like a team playing somebody um, a, t- a team in an ownership completely different from what they're used to is what's going to be the kicker. I think if if enough football junkies, you know, like us three can get the get the word out there like hey, there's a new league, check it out. Like it's still gridiron football. It, it's still, you know, the plays, the defense, everything about American gridiron football just played internationally, just like, you know, the women's international game is the exact same thing. It's just not in America. Troy, logistically, we've seen the AAF go down. We've seen every other league go down. And this is, this is a morally on a country scale. Now we're looking at this league here thinking on a global scale. So uh, it's a great idea, but I don't know if logistics are going to be, you know, feasible. Yeah, but you know what? I, I like the moxie. I like the the confidence that they have. I mean, so obviously they're coming in with a plan. I, I'd really like to know what their plan is because, you know, if they pull this off, you know, this could be a case study for anyone else that's trying to start their league. And so that definitely will bode well for, you know, the ladies out there that are trying to, you know, start some of these leagues um, and, and also start teams and, and, and take their leagues also into the forefront 
and, and also become a global, even uh, a great market in that country. So I just think it's a great thing. I, I really want to, either way it goes, there are going to be some learning curves that goes along with it. And people are going to be able to use this as a way to say, you know, what you can do and what you can't do and what you should try and shouldn't. So it's going to be exciting. Um, I'm definitely going to be paying attention to it. I, I'm just finding out about it now. So good looking out and let me know that one. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely going to keep my eyes on that one. Yeah. It's, it's not the hub at facebook.com forward slash ground beauty. You guys can check out the, the whole details there. Uh, the, LFA Mexico, the the professional league in Mexico is the, uh, one of the members. CFL is premier spearheading it, and so we we got about twelve countries, uh, including Europe, in Europe, Australia, Mexico, Canada, and I think the structure is going to be where it's a representing team country, not necessarily teams in the country. It's going to be sort of an international type where it's Team Canada against Team Mexico type mentality. Um, so we'll see how it, it turns out. Uh, the the goal is to get it launched and ready to go for, I believe, 2021, if I'm correct. And so hopefully it'll pan out and it'll, it'll work out for them and for the players. And there's a lot of top-level top leagues in Europe that we're not even aware of that play American football in, on the men's side too. So this is really good for them to try to get to another level and exposure. Um, guys, let's go into the um, women's recaps before we get out of here. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us today for the 300th episode of the podcast. It was huge uh, today. I uh, really uh, enjoyed having Nkishi back and Eric Brown. Uh, Erica couldn't be here today because uh, she had some uh, surgery schedule, so we wish her well and re- good recovery. And Holly obviously couldn't be here today, or Louise. But uh, other than that, uh, it was a great show today. We had Andrew Douglas. We had Katrina uh, Payment as well. Um, so big 300 and hopefully we'll get to 502. That's, that'll be our, a good goal for us to reach and um, continue to bring awareness to the sport. Um, we go into Costa Rica, Costa Rica, the Bulldog flames took down the goddesses and they win the championship in Costa Rica. And so congratulations to them, a big season for them, second championship and the two year existence of their league over in Costa Rica. Uh, we will keep tabs on the Honduras uh, Women's League uh, in the next couple weeks. I've been trying to get my network ready here, but I haven't got the results and all that. So we'll keep you updated on the Honduras season as it goes down. Uh, also in Italy, the CIFF Italian League, um, that's going to finalize already. Week five, it was 34 to 20 as the Bulldogs, uh, Nausicaa del Roto, uh, take it down the Seaman of Milano. 34 to 20. The uh, semifinals are scheduled for December 14th and 15th. The final scheduled for January 5th and 6th. So we're going to keep tabs on that and you can get everything at the hub at facebook.com forward slash on beauties. Uh, we'll also get the recap in terms of Brazil, the Brazilian championship uh, to be announced at this point, the date, and it will be Curitiba Silverhawks taking on Bangu Castadores. So uh, guys uh, between Central America and South America, Championships are coming on, and we got a lot of excitement coming up here for uh, titles. Are you there, Mackenzie? Yeah, I am. Something happened with uh, my soundboard. Um, but yeah, oh, so no problem. Much, so much, so much happening in, in football in general. And to be honest, I think I look my being an American player. 
I really think I look forward to the international game more because it's not something that I get to see a lot of unless I'm, you know, unless I'm following the season heavily. Um, it's not something that, that I get to see a lot of, you know, come across my social media and stuff unless you go to the hub because that's where everything's at, of course. Come on. Um, but I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm excited for all these all these championships, bowl games, and these cups. Like, it's getting good. I'm pumped. Let's Brazil, do it, Oscar. The Brazilian championship's coming up in, in this coming weekend, and then we just had the Costa Rican championship. Two weeks ago, we had the Austrian championship. The week before that, we had the Czechoslovakian championship. So – uh, if you didn't know it, you need to be where you need to be. You need to be at the hub. That's where everything women's American football is happening globally. So check it out. The best network on the planet, period. The best network on the planet. I keep saying that every week, and we have the best network on the planet. So bar none. Um, Troy, uh, another championship coming up here, November 30th. No joke football supporter, Christy Moran, Amanda Ewers. They're both going to be in the finals. Thunder versus Ravens. Ravens looking for another championship. Thunder trying to see if they can take down the Ravens for the third time. You know, the Bayside Ravens, man, they, I mean, they just, they've been rocking and rolling, dude. So it's, it's going to be hard to knock them off. I mean, they, they've been the top dog for a while. So I, I, I anticipate that they'll go ahead and get it done again. But, you know, we've starting to see a little bit more uh, upsets in the women's game. You know, at first it started to be, you know, you, you kind of could just go ahead and, uh, and and go with the favorite, and typically the favorite would win. But you're starting to see a lot of upsets in women's football. So, you know, what the Thunder has, they have a shot. I know Bayside has been rocking and rolling for, for a while now, but like I said, they they got the Thunder have a shot. So we'll see. But I think I think Bayside will take it. Uh, Mackenzie, we talked about uh, Amanda, coach. Defensive coach, player, defensive player, pretty much does it all for the Thunder. This would be huge for her to take down the big Bayside Ravens and Christy Moran. You know, we talked about this last week. The, the two of them going head-to-head is for any, for either one of them, whoever wins out of the two, that game itself is going to be very electric and very fast, knowing how the both of those two play and knowing how their teams have played up until this point to get here, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be electric. And I, I, I seriously can't wait to watch. I'm just going to binge watch football for like the rest of the year. And it's going to be great. I'm excited. All right. We're going to have live Brisbane. It's going to give us coverage. Kenny Arias is going to be doing the play by play Sun Bowl Thunder versus Ravens. You don't want to miss it. It'll be at the hub. The link will be at the hub. It is the marquee game of the week for this coming weekend in terms of championships, uh, the Gridiron Queensland Championship, the Sun Bowl Championship. And shout-out, like I said, to our no-joke football athletes, Amanda Ewers and uh, Christy Moran, so they can have a great game, injury-free, and a competitive matchup. So shout-out to them out there, and hopefully we get a good competitive game. The other matchups soon can be here uh, November 30th. Neopene takes on Central West out of uh, Gridiron, New South, New South Wales, and then the semifinals December 7th. Uh, we will see who will face the Sydney Uni champions, the North Sydney Rebels, and the UNSW Raiders. So that's still to be decided this next coming weekend. So uh, we'll keep you tabs on that as well. And then on Gridiron West, out in uh, Western Australia, we had this past weekend, week 8, 
22 to 0. Wolverines take down the Perth Broncos, and then Rockingham falls to Perth Blitz. The Blitz 6 and 0. McKenzie, they are just tearing this, tearing it up in this league. Undefeated 6 and 0. They take down uh, Rocking, or Rock, uh, Rockingham, who had been winning pretty soundly the last two weeks, and then they get uh, bounced down here uh, this weekend. So uh, we got Swin City taking on Perth Broncos, but hats off to the Blitz for doing a great job so far this season, 6-0. and Yeah, you know, and if, I don't, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure I called that upset. But I can't quite remember, so I'm not going to gloat too much, but my young memory tells me that I – I picked that upset to happen. Either way, it was a great game. I I saw most of the highlights, and I was very surprised at how underwhelming, for at least in my estimation, it was a little bit underwhelming on the defensive side of the ball for both teams, and maybe just because it was so close and back and forth for the the first two the first part of the game. So I don't know. I was just a little bit underwhelmed, but I mean. No, the upset happened, so I, <laughs> I can't really complain. So, um, well, it's gonna be a great, matchup, a great finish in Gridiron West because we only have a couple weeks left. We got Week Nine coming up here, uh, and then we go through the middle of December, and then it's the championship final in January 2020. So, still about six weeks left. Really competitive. The perks really stand out. The champs are just, you know, outmuscling everybody else right now in terms of scoring. So uh, we'll keep tabs on it. This coming week, November 29th and 30th, Swan City takes on Perth Broncos. Curtin Saints take on Perth Blitz, going for 7-0 and here in this next weekend. The West Coast Wolverines take on the Rockingham Vipers. Vipers looking to rebound here. And the uh, Wolverine uh, coming off of a uh, 34-0 spanking two weeks ago. So hopefully they will be rebound as well. So that's uh, what's happening in Gridiron West. Gridiron Victoria down south as we're in obviously in the Aussie land. So we're looking at the women's semifinals December 1st, uh, and it's going to be Western Crusaders, the champions, 6-2, and two, number uh, two seed, taking on Croydon Rangers, number uh, fourth seed, 6-3. and three. And then you have the Northern Raiders, just 8-0. They're taking on Gilon Bucks, 6-3. and three. So this is going to be for who will go to the Vic Bowl. So Troy, uh, very competitive. Western Crusaders, last two years, very competitive. Northern Raiders this year have just been killing it. They're undefeated. This happened to them two years ago. They went undefeated in the regular season, but they couldn't punch it in in the final, and they lost to those Crusaders as well. So hopefully that is not a repeat performance if they get through the semifinals here. Yeah, especially having that taste in their mouth, you know, uh, getting so close and getting the championship, and this time they get a chance to close the deal. And, you know, a lot of those players are still on that team. And so, you know, they want to finish the job, and and they're hungry for it. So, I, I think they'll, um, I think they'll fail pretty well out there. All right, guys, uh, we are going to have uh, Lexpa, FX Mexico, and La Fai results as they come in, and you can go obviously to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties, and you can check it out there as well. Um, so, go to the hub every week. Uh, we want to invite everybody to our No Joke Football Shop. 20% off for the Black Friday deals coming up here. So go to the shop, get your uh, T-shirts, leggings, and shirts. And, Troy, you guys, and Mackenzie, you guys have your shirts, right? So pretty cool. Yep. Hustle gets you hardware. Yep. I was just wearing mine. Yeah, I, 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 that was your favorite one. I 
presume you got it. So that's what you're chasing, some hardware. So it's pretty cool. Um, so go to the hub uh, at facebook.com forward slash libraries. Go to the shop now tab and get your stuff there as well. All right, guys. Um, this has been a huge 300 for me, really exciting time for me, uh, very a huge achievement. Um, and uh, I'm really uh, very proud and happy that all of you guys were uh, here today, especially Troy back and Mackenzie, and then everybody else that came on, uh, and Kishi, Eric Brown. Uh, Erica couldn't make it today, but uh, Luis and Holly either. But other than that, it was a huge, good show here today. And uh, Troy, really uh, appreciate you making the time today for the Big 300. Absolutely, man. I'm I'm glad you you invited me back and allowed me to do it, man. You gave me a platform to run my mouth about football, and which is my favorite thing to do, one of my favorite things to do. So I always be indebted to you, man. So you know, I'm glad you allowed me to come back. I'm definitely gonna come back on here and you know talk a little bit more because I definitely missed this. I had so much fun reconnecting with you guys and and Mackenzie and you know got a chance. Our to audience really, uh, our audience really miss, misses you, Troy. So. Fan favorite is the word. So you're always welcome, buddy. You know, I appreciate it, man. You know what? When things slow down with me, man, I do not have a problem with coming back. So I, I appreciate the hospitality and the love, y'all. Seriously, I appreciate it. All right, Mackenzie, thanks again. Uh, really today, big day for me, but also just because, you know, you're on as well and you've been part of this show for for a long time now, almost, I, I want to say almost a year now probably, right, if I'm correct. So yeah, actually, hopefully August, you're having fun. August was the year mark. Yeah, you know, I yeah. appreciate you guys welcoming me into the, uh, you know, the Blog Talk Radio Gridiron Blitz family, and now feeling like I've, I'm like, you know, the newest generation of the family. I love it. So anytime that, you know, I get a chance to share anything or post anything to the hub, I do it. And I mean, I share, I share the pod and the links. Um, in all the other, in all the the sports groups that I'm in, and I've had my my own friends, I've had my family, you know, I've had players and people just around around the country, um, you know, tune in to this to this podcast, and you know they're you know they're just excited that they're they're able to hear me on a different platform other than doing a live video. And I like I said, I need to thank you guys for that opportunity because if I didn't have this opportunity, I'm not really sure what I would be doing with my time. Other than constantly studying or something, yeah. <laughs> but we love your insights and we love your saltiness, and that's the reason we we want you around because you bring that that moxie. And every week, everybody gets it on video, and we get it on audio, so it's kind of a bonus. It's like a two for one, you know. I can't, yes. I can't. You can't quite see me, but you can hear me. I feel like you can hear the saltiness more than people. Mm-hmm can see the saltiness like you can see my facial reactions but you know it's definitely it's definitely thicker when i talk speak oh yeah and who else is going to talk about cowboys than you troy no troy Troy, won't talk about cowboys he's a a secret (laughs) cowboy fan don't let him lie to you seriously Oh yeah, he's, uh, he's a Okay. You didn't you didn't hear me, Mackenzie? Uh, and Kishi Free brought Troy Wilson to the platform. And Kishi Free, big Dallas Cowboy girl, he brought him. We yeah. had the, the Redskins Cowboy rivalry, right? She left, and then Absolutely. I got Bean, who turns out to be a Cowboy fan. And then now I have you, who's a Cowboy fan. We can't sway from Dallas Cowboys supporters. 
you know, getting getting rid of Dallas Cowboys fans is very, very difficult to do. Um, kind of kind of about as difficult as our fan base wanting to get rid of Jason Garrett right now. But that's neither here mm-hmm. nor there. You know, I'm not here to throw shade at Jerry Jones who just needs to fire the man, but who's counting? You know, big 300 show, you know, like I said, if you're not at the hub, y'all need to get there. Like, that's where all the stuff happens. That's where you get to see the saltiness, all the info, you know, everything. International, well, nationally, if you live in the States. And international. you know what, Mackenzie? The big 300 only happens because of everybody that listens and for everybody that cares about bringing awareness to women's American football. So I really have to give credit like I did last week and have done every week. Got to give credit to the network people, everybody that networks with me. They are obviously awesome. So the best network on the planet is at the hub, and that's because they are passionate about bringing attention to women's American football, not just in the States, but internationally. And so shout out to all of them too for this huge 300 episode. Shout out to y'all. Big shout out, big ups, real life, like real life talk. We can't do this stuff without you guys. We also can't do this stuff without the listeners and, you know, supporters of the sport itself. If it wasn't for you guys, we would not exist. That's a thing. And then we got to give a shout out to Zazzle.com for being our sponsor for over six years. Zazzle.com for slash Grand Beauty. Go there, 20% off. It's Christmas time. Go get some stuff. Even if you don't get it from us, go get Disney, Marvel, everything else at the, at the hub at uh, Facebook.com shop now tab. Uh, Troy, once again, thank you, buddy, for coming in. I know you're busy, busy, busy bee, and I really appreciate you coming up for this big 300. Mackenzie, as always, uh, looking forward to next week, next Tuesday, and we will see the results of what happens after the Thanksgiving you know, night football games and obviously big-time college football games as well. So for Oscar Lopez here and for Troy Wilson and Mackenzie Brooks and for the absent co-hosts, we will see you here next week for another edition of 301 of the Great Iron Blitz. Have a great night, everybody.